Welcome to Live to Tell, the podcast where my friends and I come together to shoot the shit and share stories of triumph and failure. I'm your host, Carl Veal, and I'm excited to share some of my experiences and eager to learn some of yours. This is a no-judgment zone, because after all, we all have a story to tell. Welcome back to Live to Tell. Season 2 has finally arrived, and what better way for me to kick off the show than with a person that I met when I first got back to Atlanta. Tyler is a non-binary, Instagram diva, makeup artist, beauty model, and all-around hustler. They have a very interesting story, a heart of gold, and let's see how the conversation goes. Hey. Hello, Glow. Welcome to the show. Uh, hey. Thanks for having me. How are you? How are you feeling? I'm feeling great. I'm feeling great. I'm vibing. I'm in a good place in life. Okay. Now, um, you've listened to the show before, so you kind of have an idea of what to expect. Definitely. Definitely a huge fan. I just want to emphasize this is a non-judgment I listen zone. to all... I, I literally listen to like all the episodes. I love how you talk about different topics, politically, racially, and socially. And I'm always tuned on. All right. Well, let's have a good chat. Okay. I'm all right. Let's start off where you grew up. Where did you grow up? Well, I'm from Baltimore. I am from the harbor. I grew up in North Maryland. I I love Baltimore, and it's definitely a big part of like who I am now and just I think a lot of my openness and straightforwardness comes from the raw city that I'm from. And I think like for me, it definitely keeps me grounded knowing that, okay. you know, it's just so many different parts of life from where I'm from. Well, how was your upbringing? Was it like traumatic? Upbringing, like, like personally, I think everyone has like some like form of traumatic like experience for me, like, for me, I would say, how would I describe my childhood is childhood is what you're asking. I would say my childhood is pretty like, I would say 50 50 like i had really like rough moments and then i also had really like great moments as well so i think great 50 50. is there a specific rough moment that like stands out in your mind like from when you were younger oh definitely i think like being kicked out at like what was it 15 definitely i think that was one of the roughest moments i think i've ever went through or like when i suffered from depression really bad as an early like young lgbtq kid like at like 14 like i was just so and not in a good space, let's just say that. Okay. Well, first I'm going to ask you, when did you first notice that you were different from the norm? And then we'll go more into the LGBT stuff. Um, I I would say different from just like the norm. Like, I would say as young as I can remember, I always knew that I liked like the other gender. And I always was just feeling like kind of like, oh, like. I'm not sharing with the, you know, normal crowd, like, ever, like, in life. Was there, like, a specific time where you're, like, you're realizing that you're gay and you realize that people don't think that that's, like, the norm? Yeah, I think for me, like, when I think of that question, I think, like, I always think that's elementary, you know? You always have, like, different things, like, men's restroom, women's restroom. You have this, like, you know, you go to the lockers, that's genderified, and... I always was kind of like the type of person, like it really didn't, I I don't know, one bathroom just didn't make sense versus the other. I just never felt like I fit either. Right. Did you, were you the one that always wanted to go into the bathroom with your girlfriends? Yeah, that too. But also too, like the men's bathroom is cool too. Like now, like just being <laughs> non-binary and living in such a metropolitan city, like I don't really have that issue. Like either bathroom, like I go into, but... Just in general, like, I don't know, the bathroom thing has always been an issue because you do have people like me that are kind of on the spectrum. I mm-hmm. Some people feel like gender is a spectrum and some people don't. It is, for sure. For me, like, I feel like, for me, I just feel like it's more than just, like, male and female. Like, okay, male and female, yes, biologically, but if we're talking socially, like, yes, it is some differences in people and what society deems, like, a man and a woman is. Because I can say all day I'm a biological man, but... I mean, society's always going to tell me, like, you look like something else. So, Correct. 
we can be scientific with it, but socially, yes, it is a, some form of a spectrum. What was it like, like balancing being non-binary and your relationship with your family? Uh, I think this is hard as any other person in the LGBTQ community. I think for me, like not only, I mean, well, I first came out to myself as like bisexual when I first came out as like LGBTQ in general. I think as like anyone else, like it's, it's like kind of more the question, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like the question, but I mean, as I just kind of got in this place where I lost all my family just from even having that conversation in a way, I just kind of like, you know, especially on my dad's side, like my dad's side was so opposed to the idea. I mean, my mom now, we are like the best of friends, like literally do everything together. But, you know, um, it took time, you know, I think for me, I think for me understanding myself more, I've always, I've now been able to kind of help other people understand me. Does that make sense? No, that makes sense. I feel like I constantly have to educate people on who I am and, it, and being people like me because some people don't believe now I'm not binary people exist but I, I don't think for me like I never had to have a label to define myself I think society always makes you feel like okay well what are you are you transgender are you this or you that that like never they, was an issue for me yeah they want like an answer for everything exactly so I felt like for me just being who I am and feeling in my skin I felt like that was the easiest way for me to mentally get out and physically get out into words like what you would describe someone like me and i mean i mean society's always going to be upset no matter what you are in some aspects but i'm just happy that we're moving more in a direction where people like me are visible and you can see like you're never the only one i think that's what helps this generation a lot right so are you closer you said you're closer to your mom now back when you were back when you were like 13 to 15 like who were you closer with well well, my mom definitely separated from my dad at a really early age and my mom, she worked in the adult industry. Let's just say that. And my dad, I would just say, is like more of a John, if that's the word or whatever. Okay. But for me, um, my dad like was not in my life for a really long time until I was like 13 years old. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, my mom, she was kind of like going through her own turmoils and whatnot. But like she definitely like had boyfriends at times that were like, you know, like help her in some aspects. Mm-hmm. But, you know, for me, I just felt like, you know, I was, I was put out for like, both my parents just because like I, I wasn't given a chance, you know, mm-hmm. like I wanted to express myself in ways and I just felt like no one understood that. And I just felt like no one seen it in me. And if it, if it was, maybe it just wasn't supportive. You know what I mean? Right. So what was that like knowing that your parents were in like a uh, industry that, most people don't that most people look down well, on well i mean like for me like i'm from baltimore so you know like it, it, it's a different look on life i feel like i feel like as now as a model and hustle and i look at everything as a hustle you know i do a lot of things for work mm-hmm. and for me i'm very multi-talented i'm a video editor i'm a makeup artist i, I do so many roles you know i fill so many roles and i even work in hospitality so i just do so many things and for me, I just look at it kind of like everything's a hustle and I don't really look down on anything. You know what I mean? You know, I've done OnlyFans. So, like, I, who am I to literally... Oh, we're going to get into that. Don't you worry. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. Okay, so you get kicked out at 15. When you first leave home, where, uh-huh. when you're on your own for the first time, was there a feeling of excitement or did you feel like abandonment? Like what was going on? Well, the head? first time I was on my own was technically like, okay, my mom kicked me out at 13. My dad kicked me out. At, it was like 15, yeah, turning 16. I moved to Atlanta mm-hmm. by myself. I had no support, no family, no nothing. I had a friend off of Facebook. I will never forget the story who offered me like a place to stay. And uh, I just will never forget the people that were there for me during that time of my life. Because I think I was so vulnerable and being in a big city and being so young, you can only imagine the situations I got myself into. So you moved from Baltimore to Atlanta when you were 13? Exactly. I was 15. You were 15. What mm-hmm. did you do? Did you like try to find I had, a job? Well, okay, well, you know, you have like these houses and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't in like a house or anything, but it was just kind of like I, 
in the LGBTQ community, I feel like some of us really do look out for each other, especially the older ones. And at the time when I was growing up, like gay rights and stuff wasn't a thing. Like literally my mom just now is getting to the point where she's understanding like logic, like non-binary. My mom is so much more open to the topic now than when she was five years. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's just so insane to think of myself, myself. I'm 41. So if there would have been someone like you in my school at my age when I was that young it would have been like top story every day like it would have been literally (laughs) like literally so but i mean no i'm just so happy that now we are in a time in a generation where these conversations are had and i think everyone is valid you know trans people lesbian people non-binary even straight people we're all valid i think everyone just needs to understand people's point of views and just like I get a lot of hate for being having some more right-wing views about the LGBTQ community, but mm-hmm. I think more than ever, I just want to make sure the conversation is like accurate and ever, like so that way we all can come to a common ground. Do you think that you have a more right-wing view because you've seen the more liberal side and how liberal people can be and you want it to be a little bit more <laughs> controlled yeah. for yourself? I mean... No, I would say my more like right wing views come more from just like realism and just like it's all boils where I'm from. And Baltimore is just such a straightforward. If you've like ever been, if you've ever heard of it, it's such a straightforward city. And it's like very like I know people from the south who can never ever ever make it living where I'm from. Mm-hmm. Like it just doesn't happen. Like, just coming off the airport or the train or the trolley, you could get robbed. Right. So it's like, just kind of like, for me, that, coming from that type of environment, it has helped me on my views on a lot of things. It's just kind of more like, okay, well, what is the accurate information? What is the right way to deal with this? You know, like, and that's just how I look at things now. I don't look at things from always an emotional standpoint now. Like when I was younger, definitely, I was so like, yeah, it's LGBTQ. Like, I, so I was like a, in a cult for a minute. It had me in like a chokehold. Like, yes. I was like, well, Jesus Christ, like. I could not put my pom-poms down for a second. <laughs> As I kind of get a little more seasoned, I'm like, oh, okay, like, this makes a little bit more sense. Okay, that does make sense. I can appreciate that. Okay, so when you were growing up in either Baltimore or Atlanta, like, were you <laughs> surrounded by white areas or were you in, in a more predominantly black area? Oh, that's a good question. I, I've always grown up in very predominantly black areas, but I've always worked in predominantly white industries. It's the weirdest thing. Like where you choose to work at is mostly white people. Yeah, like where I choose to work, modeling, and just in general, like I'm always in like white spaces. And sometimes like it just doesn't, I don't know. I always have this feeling of just, I don't really fit in here. And I don't really, you know, I don't, this is, I, it's the weirdest thing to explain. No, I understand. So I, I, I myself, I can't stress enough, like how strong a person has to be mentally to be one of the only like black people in white spaces. Definitely. It's definitely like, I feel like anyone can relate to that being a minority. Mm-hmm. And, and just for me, it's like, not only am I, you know, a minority in some aspects and especially in white spaces, like you also have the whole like social view of it, of like, you know, being a non-binary person, like I don't have the privilege to just like straight pass. Right. That's not a situation for me. Like I, I deal with all types of prejudice um, from all different walks of life. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, for me to still have a great heart and a good head on my shoulders, I think that is so commendable. So I've already kind of done an episode about that topic, but what is like an experience that you've had dealing with a white person and like uh, something happened racially? I mean, I don't know if it's always racial because I mean, no one can, it can never, you can never just assume it's racial unless they say a racial slur from my mm-hmm. point of view. Yeah. I don't like to look at altercations always as like, oh, this person did this, so they're automatically racist. Like, that doesn't make sense. No, that's a good But like, thing. literally, some experiences I have had, it's just kind of like, how would I say, like, I've had a lot. I mean, that's like asking a black person, just like, what, how have you, like, witnessed, like, injustice? <laughs> like I've seen just so quite so much like I mean in my everyday life like definitely people get more advancements over me every day and I constantly sit back and look and be like well I'm putting in so much more effort into every part of what I do mm-hmm. and it made me stop wanting a model for a really long time and I think now I've redone my life in a way that fits my circumstances but no, I don't. I mean a lot of people know me for doing modeling and working with companies and campaigns and beauty like stuff and but for me like 
I just always have felt like I'm not the white American standard of beauty. And I'm not saying like, okay, hands off in the wheel, but it's just kind of like, I didn't no longer want to accept the money for just trying to fit into this mold that wasn't organic to who I am. Mm-hmm. I felt like I became a sellout and at some point never selling my integrity, but I think just selling to the aspect of this is what I have to look like. And these are the standards I have to uphold myself to. Right. So getting into Definitely. that, like the way that you grew up, the people that morphed you into the person that you were becoming as a young person that affected you in a different way, like with a eating disorder. Did you want to talk about that a little bit? Definitely. Like my dad, um, my dad is like, he's a, I love my old man. Okay. Like I, I have love for everyone in my life. Like in general, I may not, you know, have the best relationship with you at the time, but I love everyone, you know? And for me on my end, it's just kind of like, he definitely formed a lot of bad negative habits I have in my head from just telling me that I was the fattest child he ever had. He didn't want me and just so many terrible things. And growing up having to hear that, it was just so traumatic for me. And I think it goes further than just, you know, your parents didn't like you because you were gay. My mom is an amazing woman, always has been. We just have had our differences. My dad, however, was an abusive man. Very Physically or emotionally or both? Well, no, I, never physically, because, like, again, where I'm from, like, if you hit me, like, I'm going to hit you back. Like, it's just, that's just how, that's how I grew up, you oh, know what I mean? Yeah. But, like, not, like, physically, but mentally, definitely. Telling me, like, oh, you'll never graduate high school, you'll never do all of this. And, like, he took me out of acting school because I was overweight. Just terrible, terrible, terrible. So I kind of remember those days, like your age, like in that age range, like your hormones are just racing, your mind's racing all the time. Definitely. And it's just always be like kind of put down for things you haven't even started yet. It's just, I always tell my family anytime I see them in general, I was like, if y'all would have supported me when I was 16, just imagine if I walked the red carpet at 21, like I can only imagine what I would have been doing. I even at 18, if I just had the support from my family and I think everyone needs the support. Mm-hmm. of their family no matter how who you are and i think if anything i just hope i can like share with young parents and other people and also you know also these cute people that you know sometimes you can find in yourself but always give your family that chance but you don't always need your family either like you can build your own family because i still have true. people i have people that were there for me all throughout my hard time and those friends know who they are and i'll always be down for them well, that's amazing because your family life wasn't supporting you, so you found people that would support you. So that's fantastic. A shout out to my mom because I just love our relationship, and I think a lot of my groundedness comes from that. And just like my family on that side, of course. Shout out to them. Yes, I, I think uh, what I was getting at before was I wanted to know, like, the strength. Do you, how how much strength do you think that your mom had? to be working in the industry she was? I think a lot. My mom, like, oh my God, my mom is the jack of all trades. Like, my mom's right now is working on, like, renovation business. They're, like, living homes right now. Mm-hmm. And, like, my mom does it all, okay? Like, she is a number one center, and I think a lot of my, like, flashiness comes from my mom. Like, she's just always, like, just if you're going to do something, be the best at it. And she, like, and, instilled like, that into you? Because I, I can see that in you. Definitely, definitely. Like my mom's like, you're gonna like kill it, like like knock it out. And I think now my mom, she, I feel I find her talking like me and trying to be like me all the time. So it's like so tired, she's stupid out. <laughs> and what's your relationship with your dad right now? It's more resistant. Um, I'm no stranger to say that. I mean, I think for me, a lot of my coping mechanisms for trauma and just abuse that I've witnessed, even in my adult life, I've had horrible things happen to me, not just in my child life, but I've had things happen in my adult life too. And I think for me to kind of push those things down, like, is how I cope with things. And it's not the best thing, but I do notice, like, I'm with myself more than anyone. And I know, like, I push things down like crazy. Mm -hmm. And I kind of just forget about it. Does that help you to just, like, push it away? I mean, I mean, I, my dad's reached out. Like, don't get it wrong. Like, when I walked to the carpet and even other times, like, I had a campaign with Target and he reached out to me and he was like, oh, you're so beautiful. Like, I was just like, oh my God, like, and it's just like made me feel like after the cosmetic surgery, you know what I mean? Like after I changed myself and all of this, now you think I'm beautiful and now you love me. But it's like, was I not good enough then? It's sometimes where that part of my life leads me to. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of just like don't want anything to do with it. I'm happy just kind of me and my little kitty and my family. And so were you ever like suicidal? Did it ever like 
make you push you to that point where you're like, you know what, just fuck it. I'm going to be done with this. I mean, I, I feel like I tell people I have a little edgy side and yes, I have been suicidal. And I, I mean, a lot of, a long part of my childhood life, I was suicidal. Like, I mean, it's crazy and sad that you have to feel like that at such a young age, but I think it's statistically higher for people that are like me, mm-hmm. that are LGBTQ, whether you're on the lesbian or trans side of the spectrum. But yeah, for me, I have. I remember being 15, sitting next to my uncle's bed, just like slicing my wrist. And, and I think now, I mean, I'll talk about this tattoo that I'm getting saying on this whole podcast. <laughs> I'm getting a misunderstood tattoo on my wrist. And I want it to be like kind of like cute size, like a stamp. Mm-hmm. And just like kind of like, I want to get misunderstood because like I feel like all of my life I've just been so misunderstood in fashion and, and just in makeup in my life and just people around me being a non-binary person, just my family, my friends, sometimes guys misunderstand it. It's just the weirdest thing. Right. But a lot of people are not used to seeing people that look like me every day. No, like, they're not. I had to like get used to that. But just to end that part of it, um, wasn't it just like a few years ago when there was like a story like every week of like a teenager committing suicide that was LGBT, you know, wasn't that like happening like a lot? I mean, definitely. I think for me, I think for, I try not to look at all those stories because I do kind of get it a little emotional. It's not a lot of things that make me emotional, but just kind of, I know how it feels to not have anyone. I know how it feels to feel that way. And I, and I, and I mourn for people and I hope that, you know, we do get to the point where that is a, a way more normalized thing and we don't have these kids, young kids feeling like that. Right. I understand that. All right. So let's move on. Let's go into more like fun topics. Okay. Yeah. Let's get a little positive. Yeah. We'll like, get- I'm drinking 1940. <laughs> I'm drinking 1942 right now. Yeah. So you don't need that depressing shit. Right. Like, okay. okay. All right. So this is the stuff that I really love to talk about. Okay. So. What was your first gay experience? And who my was first it? Gay experience? Yes. You don't have to name it my name. Okay, cool. Like, I was just saying, let me pull the list out. <laughs> but no, I have a list. Do you have a list? Oh, you know, I stopped naming them like when I was in my early 20s. And there's been, no, Carl, you don't have a list. So many before then or after. <laughs> and yeah, it's a long list. Oh my God. I'm, I'm going to show you my list next time I see you. It's like so long. Okay. Okay, I'm going to show you. Like, yeah, I have a list. I definitely have a list. Um, I'll tell you, I mean, the first time I've ever had sex with was, like, I'm sure a lot of other people's experience. I used to app Grinder. I'm sure it's very popular. Shout out to Grinder. You did not have Grinder when I was your age? Oh, okay. I'm just, okay, well, what is y'all do? Do y'all go, like, on the newspaper? Like, what is that? I don't know. We just kind of, there was, like, gay <laughs> chat rooms and stuff that we would, like, meet oh on. Oh, I mean, the world was so different back then. Yeah, it was completely different. Like I, I remember, like you would just like say to a friend, like, "Hey, I think that person's hot," and then you'd end up banging, and then I don't know, you know, the gay world. I mean, I still do that. You know, I'm like, I'll walk up on anyone. Like, I'm like, "Oh, you're fine." <laughs> I do. Sometimes. I'm like, "Hey, sir." Okay, so tell me about your first time. Oh, my first time. Okay, I'll tell you. So it was on Grinder. And again, shout out to Grinder, but no, fuck that because it was so many young guys like fetish, like what do you call it? Uh, it was like fetishizing me because I was so young. I was like oh, literally uh, under the age. I wasn't even supposed to be on the app. Like what the fuck? They're like child molesters. Yeah, like pretty much fucking child molesters. Mm-hmm. And that's why I always tell people like just be very careful like with who's on there. And if you see a child on there, like I don't know, get involved. How old are you? I was only like 16. Okay. I was 13 and it was the like, first time I did something with a like, guy. I, I did not care. I think a lot of people can relate to this, and maybe if you can't, like, that's cool too. But yeah, it was like this literally ugly man. Like, ew. Like, how old do you think he was? And he had to be like 40. <laughs> and you were like, 16. Like, I swear to God. Yeah, but like the pictures he sent me didn't look like that. Do you know I've never even slept with a 40 year old? And I'm 41. You always tell me that. You're like, oh, you're like, I'm older. I'm like, no, cry. Like, I'm with generational wealth. Thank you. It's insane that people <laughs> your age have slept with people my age, and I haven't even. Yeah. I mean, I think it's different shows for different folks. I think, like, for me, it's like, you know, I'm super open-minded. I'm just like, whatever. Okay, so um, you walk up to his house, or does he come to your house? No, I think I've always... No, he got a hotel. Oh, he got a hotel. Yeah, okay, and it's like money. I mean, he was committing a whole uh, he was committing a whole crime. Of course, he wasn't like taking his house. <laughs> like, well, what was it like he, the first he, time he, that you saw him? Were you like, oh I shit, was so I gotta scared. go? Like I, li- I literally thought I was gonna die. 
so how did it start did he just like sit next to you and like start kissing you or what yeah like no he was just like oh like you're so like you know i felt like he was cute but like it was just kind of like meeting someone off the app like i think anyone knows like it's so scary mm -hmm. and then like i met him and like we met up and like he started kissing me at first and then like we just like literally like banged it out and like <laughs> he was like oh like you have like a nice body or whatever because like i was super tiny when i was 16. Like, I didn't get thick until, like, literally, like, 21. Really? Yeah, like, I'm thick now, but I love it, and the dudes love it, too. Okay. I mean, so, we had a little nip and tuck here and there, but, I mean, we love it, so. What did you feel like after your first experience with a guy? Were you, like, disgusted? I mean, it, like... felt so, it felt so natural. Like, yeah. it really felt so natural, but, I mean, also, too, I think it's a good, like, thing to add, because I... I I feel like I'm so open and raw. Shout out to Soft White Underbelly. I think if anyone watches it, like it's an amazing channel on YouTube. You hear so many people's experiences about like being like on the street or whatever. Mm -hmm. And just like I've had situations like where I was like that. But either way, like I was molested as a child. So that was my first experience. When I hear someone say, What was your first experience? Like that's the genuine answer I want to go to. I mean, I, I was molested at a very young age. I think I was like six or seven. Yes. I think um and that was terrible. I'm gay as well, so I've definitely had that experience younger being molested myself. It's you, bad. It's so many stories people, like that from people. People always ask if that makes you gay or if that somehow affects you being gay. What, what do you think about that? My family is the only one that I feel like really only asks me that, but I always give like them the same answer too. I like I feel like no, like I mean, but at the same time, like what I tell my family is like how can someone answer that when that was their first experience like they don't i don't know i don't know anything else i'm not saying like i've never slept with a girl but it's like that's what my brain clicked when like like you know my brain went in that department mm -hmm. so how, so, who how knows? i mean I, I was like i had to be like six or seven wow. yeah was it someone like close to your family or in your family i mean no it wasn't someone like really close to the family wow well, I'm sure you but, don't want to talk I mean, about that because we said we were done talking about that kind of stuff. It doesn't. It doesn't really affect me though. I think. I think we have to have these open conversations. I mean, I know some people aren't comfortable and not comfortable talking about certain things, but you know, I'm an open book. But what's the more positive topic? So, okay, we'll just end it on a good note. We'll say that happened. It happened to me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you think that adds on to the strength of you as a person? Definitely. I mean, I think anything you go through is going to add to your strength, like being homeless, being facing any type of like, you know, like difficulty is going to give you like the most best outcome as far as character. I think for me, people say, Tyler, you're so wholesome, you're so well-rounded. And I'm a very honest person. I know that and my friends appreciate it too. And I, I think it just comes from having so many tough parts of my life. Like mm -hmm. all I had was my integrity and who I am. You've said a couple times that you were ended up being homeless. Was that when you moved from Baltimore to Atlanta or like? In yeah. Between? I mean, when I was really young, I didn't know anything about credit. I didn't know anything about rental history. Now I have amazing credit. I have amazing things, but I didn't know about those things when I was younger. I didn't have, we weren't taught that in school. And mind you, at that time I was a call, I was a high school dropout. Right. Because like when I got put out, I had no way to fin even finish high school. And a lot of people didn't even know that. Right. Like my high school friends were like, oh my God, what happened to you? Like you left our like town. And I'm like, that's what happened. Um, I got kicked out. Bro. <laughs> what was <laughs> I keep like thinking when you say that, I just want to pick your brain. Like, what is it like to yeah. be told to get out of your house? I've been kicked out of my house. No, so I, was I was a horrible like, kid. I, like I literally came home from work one day and like, because you know when you're 16 like or like 15 you get like a job so like i had like a little side job it was only like 10 hours a week i had to give a paper to my school or whatever and then like i came home one day and my dad like had everything packed up and i'm like oh my god what's like going on are we moving mm, yeah and he's like you gotta <laughs> fucking go so i left he just said that was it that you weren't you had no warning you were just gone mm, yeah but on a more positive topic, like, I love my family. And I think, like, if I can give any message to the younger community, it would just be, like, you know, be open as possible. Give as many chances as you physically and mentally can handle. Mm -hmm. And just try to work it out for the best. I mean, everyone has a different family. Like, it's like every person is going to be different. Everyone's situation is literally going to be different.
No, I, it's just I, what I happens agree. mine is not mine is not something that I feel like is worth me working out. Like my dad didn't reach out to me until he felt as if I was becoming successful. Do you know like also, money had my whole side of that family fucked up? Also, um hearing other people's stories helps people that are doing these kind of things to their children. I think it affects them because they don't really understand yeah. what they're doing. But if they hear stories like yours or mine, they understand and it helps them. Exactly. The and that's like part of the reason why I joined this podcast today. Well, welcome. Okay. Let's move on to OnlyFans. I want to know everything. Like, Ooh. how did you get into it? How, what, what were you Definitely. thinking when you first started it? Like, let's talk uh, about that. I mean, at this time, like, it was this huge wave of, like, everyone joining OnlyFans. And, like, although, like, I just had the idea of doing something of the sort, but I was kind of scared, you know what I mean? Like, and also, too, like, I always had this one rule. I'm, like, literally now, like, my mom and dad are never going to get a literally a video. Can I say dick on here? Yeah, say whatever you want. Okay, okay cool. So I was like, yeah, like, my mom and dad are literally never going to get a video of the fucking dick. Like, it's just not happening. <laughs> like, it's not. Like, that's just, like, a rule to myself that I literally have, like, you know, leaking shit on me, like it's not happening. I so, that. but that, I mean, that's where I was at mentally before I started. But okay, then I what just is OnlyFans like, first? Explain what OnlyFans is. Okay, OnlyFans is a subscription platform where you can literally sell pics and like whatever pics of whatever you want, and you can like make money from it and like profit from it and like literally like have a community of people who are literally paying you a monthly prescription. Subscription, sorry, not prescription. We're not talking about them. <laughs> but literally subscription and like you literally go straight to your bank account. Okay. Is it just pics or videos as well? I mean, a lot of creators have made it like so much more. Like it first started off as pics and now it's videos. It's everything. Like if you don't know about it, like you need to. Okay. So tell me about your first one. Like what was it? I mean, you know, like for also too, let me add, I'll tell you about my first one, but let me add, I feel like, how do you not know about OnlyFans? Like, you're like the more kinky one out of the both of us. Like, I I'm swear, like, I've never like, looked on I'm the goody too, too. Nope, it's me. Like, I'm just more open I, about sex, but I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I don't, yeah, I've never been on an OnlyFans. I've never seen it. I, I, I have no That's idea what crazy. it looks like. Yeah. <laughs> but men are paying a lot of money to see people like me, you, and other people listening naked. But I mean, I'm not promoting it. I'm just saying it's a way of making money. It's like All right. how, how much money are we talking? How much does a, a naked picture go for? I feel like I feel like it's just like the any other sex industry. It all depends on what you look like, feel like, or whatever. But it's not always like just you know like beauty standards look like. I mean, it's amazing BBW women that are making money on there, gay people that are making money on there, trans women are really killing it on there, and. I mean, I'm not trying to like hate, like praise OnlyFans or anything, but I mean, it, it has made it a lot safer for people to do certain things. Like, but if they're willing to do it, like, any, and, like and, why, why stop them? Yeah, in that sense, I I don't care what people do. It's just all entertainment, basically. Definitely. I mean, I find it fine. I think for me, like, I'm not actually like you know fluent and whatnot, but I mean, I do appreciate myself, and I'm a little self-absorbed in some way. So yeah, like, I'll take a couple pics for some money. Like, yeah. Okay. So, what was your first one like? What did you just do like a naked picture? Oh my god, I remember it was so hot. Like <laughs> literally, it was so hot. I had like a little song on. It was like I okay, like hopefully my mom's not listening to this, but you know, if you are, shout out mom, like love you. Hey, but, Tyler's mom. Like literally, yeah. yeah she but care. she she's not gonna care. We love mom. But I, I, it was really hot. Like I did a lot of sexy stuff on there. I feel like for me, it was the first thing that I was trying to get was like a niche and just trying to like build, you know, community of people. Twitter, shout out to Twitter, like literally such a good way to promote your OnlyFans. And people always ask for the game, but I can't get free game on your podcast. You got to pay for that. So how much did you charge for your first picture? For my first picture? Well, it was really cheap. I started everything off at like ten ninety nine. Oh, well, that's, for subscription. Subscription. Okay. That's, for, that's for the subscription, but the pictures can go for anywhere. If it's their custom, like 200, but if like they're not, and it's just like some organic shit, like $20, it could be even $5, like depending on what it is. Okay. So what is the most money that you've ever made off of doing that? And a mom, eight thousand. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Are you serious? Mm -hmm. What are you doing? I would be doing that all the time. I think like the thing that people don't understand with that is like uh, it's just so it's so draining and it's such a dark. I mean, we could talk about the money and the glitz and the glam, but I think people don't want to talk about like the mental toll that it has on you. 
Right. Like, I feel like, you know, you never really know where these pictures are going. You really never know. And I think that's where I kind of do draw the line. And it's like, people got really kinky and weird on there. And I just was like, you know, it was the time of my life where I needed it. And I kind of skipped over your question, but why I started was because, you know, it was COVID and COVID had just started. Mm -hmm. I, I, would, I, I was making six grand a month working and making money through my own businesses that I established. Mm -hmm. And then these things kind of like shut down and I'm like, okay, wow. Like it's no money coming in from any perspective. And then I was like, okay, what am I going to do? I literally swallowed my pride and like just got a regular job at CVS because it was like an open job. Uh -huh. Shout out to the CVS on Peachtree. <laughs> and oh, the one in, in the one in Midtown? <laughs> yeah. Oh, awesome. Okay. Yeah. So like I, I worked there for a little bit and then like after that, it's just like, like that wasn't enough money so like that just wasn't a thing like i wasn't making enough money like i don't know how hourly jobs expect you to live off of like ten dollars an hour like i'm like no that's oh, not gonna work for me when i was just enough. making six grand well i was literally just making six grand a month and you're telling me i'm gonna be making one like three two like no <laughs> Understood. No, that's not gonna work so not I even that i think my checks were like 700 in two weeks that was terrible oh wow i hate that so I think I'm gonna start an OnlyFans, dude. I mean, this all sounds great. I mean, I I mean, if I still have my page, I will collab with you. But I got some friends. <laughs> I'll definitely <laughs> keep that on my back burner. Like that's that's an option. Definitely. I mean, it's an option, especially if like say sex work. I mean, if that's something you're into. Um, maybe not the sex work, but, <laughs> <laughs> but just pictures oh and God. vids. I could be into. I love that. I mean, we love that. I mean, call you such hard. Oh, you're gonna make me die, why not <laughs> why not like, okay so what what's the grossest thing that someone asked you to do on OnlyFans and you did oh, and, and also what's the grossest thing that someone asked you to do that you would not do so both like that you did and that you oh okay do? yeah so the craziest thing I did on OnlyFans is sent someone my underwear like I felt like that was the craziest but at the same time like and then when they got the underwear and showed me a picture of it I felt like that was also just so annoying I was like it I know, but I mean, like, when you have, like, those top sellers on OnlyFans, you, you will have these fucking people that are such a fan of you, but, like, they always return. It's the craziest thing. Mm -hmm. And they're, like, your top spenders, and you want to keep them happy. So, like, you do give them the underwear. You do. Well, I don't blame you. What's the grossest Make thing that someone asked you to do that you would not do? Mm. Well, I think like sugar daddies are the grossest. That's why I like, try to stay away from them now. Mm -hmm. That's <laughs> why like, I've a couple topic. sugar daddies that have been really fucking weird. Yes, I want. I definitely want to talk about sugar daddies. So, okay. you realize, like, well, the weirdest thing. Okay, what? Give me a question. I'll take it. So, you when you're younger and you're like really attractive, the older mm -hmm. men definitely want you. Definitely. So, how does that topic even? How does it start? Where you're like, okay, well, I'll hang out with you. I'll go to dinner with you. Maybe we'll have sex, but you have to pay me, dude. I know people always ask me that question. So I, I say like when it comes to like getting money from men just in general, I feel like you literally have to have arthritis. Like you have to have your left hand out <laughs> and you have to just literally, it's very simple. Can I have some money? <laughs> oh my God. So what was the first time that you remember asking like a sugar daddy for money? Like, Hey, I need money for my rent or whatever. I mean, we have different levels of sugar daddies, but my part, but the beginning, that's not saying gang made free, but in the beginning I literally had like not the best sugar daddies. Like in Atlanta, we call them tricks. Let's just be honest. They call them tricks in Atlanta. Yeah. They're like, Johns, and, right. And yeah. They're, they're like John. Yeah. So in the beginning, I feel like I just was so young and I didn't have any way of making money and some jobs wouldn't even hire me. So I had turned to prostitution because I had no other way to support myself. Right. And I'm not ashamed to say that. I, I think, I mean, Hey, like I, what I had to do, I mean, at least I like fucking got some shit out of that show. Yeah. As I get older now, I feel like I attract more of the more established men now. It's weird. What's the oldest sugar daddy that you've ever had? The, the oldest guy that you've dated? Like six, like six, 67. 67? Mm -hmm. Oh, no, my 60, God. 70. He was like 60 to 70 years old, yeah. Oh, my God. I can't even imagine. Do you know what? Um, oh, my God. What do you mean? Is it weird? <laughs> is it? <laughs> I, okay, so has, a couple summers like, ago. Has everyone, has, has everyone not felt like a 65 year old man? No. No. Oh, okay. okay. Okay, so a couple summers ago, I was working at Beetle Cat, and there was this uh -huh. older man that came in. He had to have been at least like 
62. I forget what his name uh-huh. was, but he would come in and he would hit on me. And but he was so fucking funny. He was not attractive at all, but he like made me mm-hmm. like die laughing. So he offered to take me to Maine because he had like some kind of conference there. So he flew me out there. Okay, city boys. Um. <laughs> yeah, so we got to the hotel, made sure that we got a double bed. But he would like take me out to dinner, and he let me put his mm-hmm. credit card on the pool. So I was just ordering drinks the whole weekend. We but, need the credit card no limit. Yes, he was. He made sure that I was taken care of, but he did expect sex, and I was like, "No, <laughs> that's not happening." And he tried to like kiss me, and I like almost threw up in my mouth. So I'm guessing mm-hmm. your experience was a little different than mine. I feel like mine is definitely different from mine. I mean, <laughs> I mean the same as that. But I mean, like mine is definitely the same as that. I feel like for me, it's just kind of like I've never sold like myself just like for money. It's always been like a relationship, if anything, if that makes sense. It's like a business relationship. You know, I, I mean, I said prostitution, but really, I mean more like escorting in a way. Not that it's different. We're not going to categorize or like kind of like put down other sex work. Like, I mean, do whatever, whatever amount you have to do or what works for you. But I, I think why it didn't really work for me was because like, I always wanted the big ticket. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm like always been like an all or nothing hustler type of person. Um, like all or nothing. Yeah, absolutely. So who are you dating now? Like let's skip the sugar daddy and the only, only fan stuff. Like who are you dating now? Um, you want to talk about who I'm dating now? Yes. Okay, cool. We could do that. I mean, I love Brennan. Shout out to Brennan. I haven't posted Brennan yet or anything like that, but we're like very newly and freshly dating. Like how long? I would say like a month. Okay. So it's getting like more serious. Yeah. And it's like, for me, it's like, he accepts me. Like all these conversations I'm having publicly is because like I tell him the same thing and I'm a very open person and I don't think you ever have to hide any part of yourself. I mean, if people can't appreciate what you had to do in your journey, I mean, that's them. I mean, you have people like Marilyn Monroe and other people. So I don't, I, I just live in my truth, if that makes sense. Right. No, that makes total sense. But I'm glad that, is this like your first, like, real my first relationship love, yeah. in a while? Your first no, love? No, relationship, but my first love, yeah. Oh my God, that's amazing. I didn't know you were in love. Yeah. Bitch, I'm in love. Bro. But it's not what everybody fucking says when they're talking to me. Oh, yeah. Well, they usually, <laughs> they usually say that to me after I had sex with them twice. We're they're in like, the butterfly I'm phase. In love. And, and I'm give like, it like well, I'm not. We give it like two months. I'm like, okay. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> Brandon, I know you're going to fucking listen to it. It's like, no, I love you. So. I, re- I think that's amazing, Tyler. I'm so happy for you. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. I and you know, Brennan's big fish, so I, I'm good. I don't need anybody else. <laughs> I'm, I'm very well taken care of. Okay, so um, I want to talk about your surgeries that you've had done. Okay. Can we name them and then kind of discuss like what it, what it actually is? Yeah, I will head to toe. So nothing really invasive, like crazy invasive or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, just like I've had, I've had from head to toe. So I'm sorry, Botox a couple times in my forehead. I've had a brow lift. I've had my cheeks done twice under eye filler, chin filler, lip filler about six times. I've had Kybella, which is a fat dissolving acid. Um, it's called deoxycholic acid injected all around my body and my chin. Um, and I'll cut a little bit. I've had some ash shots too. I've been pumped, but I've been like, uh, yeah. That's a- okay. So how much would you say that you've spent? Um, I would say maybe 2000 And I've never even done Botox myself. So I'm, I kind of like intrigued about like what it does to your face. Oh, okay. Well, shout out to AFL Beauty Bar. They do Cardi B fillers and a lot of other celebrities. And one of my favorites, Jody Joe. The okay, fashion so of a model. You just told everyone that Cardi B does fillers. Uh, yeah, Cardi B does the fillers. <laughs> okay. Like, I mean, does, is that not a public thing? Well, like, I would think everyone would know that. So I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah. Shout out to Cardi B. <laughs> <laughs> so only two grand you've got all that done for under two grand yeah like i okay the lady that pumped me and the butt like girl you know the the pump parties are cheap and then as far as 360 that kind like that wasn't really that expensive i have a practitioner that i have on hand and she does that at a medical spa afl does all my face work 
And AFL, they did, we work together for promotion on Instagram, so I don't pay anything for that. Wow. I make, I make everything kind of a business. I need to get into your level because in a couple of years, I'm going to need all of these things. Yeah, of course. I mean, girly, we can go get buttocks anytime. <laughs> what does it feel like? It literally doesn't feel bad at all. Yeah, like a couple pricks. I got permanent Botox because I literally am not dealing with getting wrinkles. Like, fuck that. You can get permanent Botox? I did not know that. No, no, no. Mine is called like, um, they call it baby Botox or like preventative Botox. That's what it's called is what oh, I have. Okay. But it's, it's, it's just the time period of when you get it at what age. Because like most people my age doesn't need Botox. Mm-hmm. Like I'm only 23. Well, you're just like prepping your, prepping your skin for what will happen when you're my age. I mean... You know, I love to look plastic, so I'm, I just always want to look smooth and pop in. I'm going to talk a little bit about that at the end. <laughs> okay. Does um, Do you think um, the surgeries and the Botox and all that has helped you become the person that you want to be, the person that you've always seen in the mirror? Yeah, definitely. I remember being a little kid, and I just came to this realization not too long ago. I, I said if a little kid in middle school could just, just see who I am now and I never thought the world would be like it is in time now and I could just be who I am and everyone still loves me and the world isn't over. It's crazy. I, I wish I could just tell that young kid he's going to be okay like, yeah. because I didn't feel like that when I was in like high school or whatever. Is that what you would say if you could speak to your younger self? Yeah. Like you're going to be okay? Definitely. I'd be like, you're going to be fine. You're going to be so beautiful. Like Everyone's going to like love you and you're going to have amazing people that connect with you and and they literally ride for you because they fuck with you because you're a real bitch. I like that for you. Yeah. I love my friends. Are you going to do any more surgeries? Um, I'm kind of like addicted. So like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't feel like I need anything else on my face. Like, I feel like I look so gorgeous. Like, I'm fine. But like, as far as the body, yaddy, yaddy, like, yeah. Like, I want some more ab etching. I want to get actual invasive, like, this summer. Um, my little thing got me, <laughs> and just a couple things. Yeah, I just want everything to look kind of like just. I want to look so amazing, like a plastic doll. What's the What's the number one thing that you want to do, have done? It doesn't matter face or body. Mm, I only want like my ab edging right now. Like that's a, I mean, it's always been that way though. It's like lips and cheeks and brow lips and that and tattoos on your face. Like it's just it's always been an obsession. It's just one thing to the next. I mean, nobody's. It, it comes from insecurity. I would say if you get plastic surgery, you're some form of insecure. And I'm never saying that I'm a completely secure person. I have insecurities and I have dull moments too. Right. A pick-me-up for your body to make you feel better. I know. It's crazy. It's like a terrible addiction if they go to Starbucks. <laughs> you would compare like, to going really, to Starbucks? Yeah, like literally in the morning I have an appointment. Are you serious? What are you getting done? Yeah. Like next time you see me, I'm going to be like, like corset up. Oh my God. I'm so jealous. Yeah, I'm getting I'm getting injections for the summer. I just want to look so poppin'. Like, in all the right areas. Like, I want my ribs to look really, like, it's crazy. Okay, so if you could, knowing me and my face mm-hmm. and my body, if you could recommend something that I need to do, what would you say? I would say I like your chin. You have a very masculine chin, but I would get, like, kind of, like, a little bit more filler where your jowls are to kind of like bring that jawline out a little bit more and make you look a little bit more foreign and maybe a little under eye filler to make you look a little bit more dolly and youthful. But uh, you look fine. I think you look great. I'm going to do something. I want to do something. I want to try it. It's so addicting. Do you, you think I'll get addicted? You. Oh, we, everyone does. I took my friends. I'm like, oh my God, like Fatima, like she's amazing. Like she does the best face work. They come and they... Shout out to Fatima. If anyone on here, check out AFL Beauty Bar. They are where they do all my work. You'll see me on their page. I love them. They love me. They're amazing. They'll take complete care of you. Shout out to AFL Beauty Bar Official. Um, they just got their page back at 100K. So shout out to them. Damn. But they do all of my Facebook. Yeah. Like, and the people see me in real life, they love it and they don't think I look crazy. I mean, I think all you hear about is people that actually look fucking crazy but like you don't hear about people like me who actually just like i didn't if i didn't tell you i had worked on you wouldn't know no i wouldn't know exactly so it's like but i'm also just open enough about it to just talk about it like it's whatever like it's not that big of a deal is there any stories that you've heard that of people that have had things that you've had done that it went wrong definitely i've been botched before what happened and i still go back like i'm addicted it's terrible but (laughs) i okay 
I can't say the name of the place called because no, they will literally fucking sue me. But no. like, <laughs> but literally, like I went to this place in Atlanta. I mean, if you need to do research before you're doing promotion and doing businesses with these businesses because online and on Instagram, things get a little sketchy and shady, okay? Mm-hmm. And this place, they had me come over, they did my lip filler, and they like fucked me up so bad. Like, I don't even know. It, thank God it was Juvederm because it was able to dissolve at the next place that I had went to, it, they were able to dissolve it and fix my lips and get it together. But it, I had so many like big coagulated areas in my mouth because they injected the filler just not correctly. It was terrible. Did it start right so away pain, or was, was it like so gradual? Like it got worse From the worse. moment I was injected, I was in so much pain. Oh. But I think this is like cost, like it costs to play. Oh yes. You have to pay to play, my friend. Yeah, like, no, it cost, my mom always says it, it costs to play. Like, you can't, like, you can't expect to, like, get into something and not have, like, turmoil somewhere. It's, like, it's a risk in surgery and injections and everything. I want to end on who you are today. Like, who is Glow today? Today, Tyler is a strong, independent individual who loves and cares and love very deeply someone who's not scared to show the softer side of them Mm -hmm. someone who doesn't take shit from anyone and doesn't let people put their own subjective opinions on me i'm someone who is always going to be a trailblazer for my community an advocate for black people uh, a beautiful fucking bitch who's gonna fuck it up and get all the fucking coins period and i mean i just hope to inspire all the bad bitches across the world and just continue to just live and thrive and create more businesses beauty related and on okay so what do you want to accomplish by the time you're 30 or 40 my age by the time i'm 30 or 40 i want to get to the point where I can really show large groups of people that, you know, people like me do exist and beauty doesn't have to just be a one spectrum thing or gender thing. And I also want to show that, you know, black people can be beautiful too. I think that's sometimes still underlooked and underappreciated. And I also want to, you know, I want to start a lot of businesses. I want to help. I want to give back. I a thing I do on the side, I do a lot of charity work and I, I serve a lot of food kitchens here in Atlanta. You do? And I just love to help people. Yeah, I do. I would do that with you sometime. That would be kind of... Oh my God, we can go to the food bank, literally. I, I, yeah, that would be good one day. So with being homeless, I'll show you, like literally those food banks really help a lot of people. Oh, I believe it. I want to <laughs> I wanna thank you for coming on the show. Like everything that we've talked about, I think is really vital for people to hear and I really think you're a super strong person. Carl, I think you're a superstar. Thank you. No, I think you're beautiful. And I hope everything that you want to accomplish happens. But, you know, with everything, you have to work really hard at it. So I hope you have the strength to do it. I mean, this podcast is going to go so viral one day. Like, And I'm just so happy I can be a part of it in the beginning. I'm no. the first episode of season two. Yes, queen. But yes. you know what? Um that was it so i'm gonna okay you guys make sure y'all tell carl to bring me back because we need to talk a little bit more shit yes we'll talk about your makeup skills we'll do like i think maybe for my other show my youtube series uh comfort zone i'll have you on and we'll do like a makeup tutorial or something oh maybe i can like put you in my that's what i'm saying you could do it to me and like show how good you are that's iconic okay plan it out (laughs) okay but i'm gonna get in the shower then i'm gonna come meet you for a drink bro so where are we going yeah, definitely downtown. Okay. Bye. All right, bye. I'm living inside.